What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. I'm Junior Bindu along with my co-host, Anthony Toma. Hi, everyone. And today we have a unique guest today, Tom Naomi. And uh, the reason I say unique is because Tom Naomi is probably um, the first evangelist in our Chaldean community. And he's done a lot of work so far within the community and outside the community as well, too, um, with uh, his faith and what and what he has done. Tom's got a great story for you viewers to see. Uh, it's going to be a lot that he's going to tell us today and from where he was and where he is today. So we're welcoming Tom and uh, we applaud him for, again, being one of the first to come out and uh, express his faith in a whole different way than, than we've been used to. So welcome, Tom. We're glad Thank to have you. you on our show. Thank you, Thank you for, for having you for coming me. out and Thank taking you. the time. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So if you First want to... of all, I want to tell you that um, in the book of Isaiah 42, 8, God says, I share no glory with no man. Because God can use anybody and any person if he's willing to be used. Sure. And that's what happened in my case. It wasn't like I decided to do something great. It was God who did it and God who initiated this love in my heart to go out there and evangelize and do what I do. Sure, understood. And well so tell, tell people what a, an evangelist is and what evangelist's role plays in the... In the evangelist you know. is somebody who goes out and tells people about their faith, expresses his faith. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't understand the Chaldean rite or the Chaldean faith. A lot of people do not understand the Catholic faith. They have misconception about Catholic worshiping Mary, worshiping idols, worshiping statues. They don't know the power of the Trinity. They're not anointed. They don't have the, the, the charisma. They don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is all false. So what I do, I meet up with groups, whether they're evangelicals, whether they're Muslims, or whoever it is, and whoever calls me, I go out there and I meet with them and I sit with them and I, I uh, let them know that our faith is based on actually all the teachings and tradition of the church from our Lord Jesus Christ and that's been passed on by the apostles, disciples all the way to now. Another thing is sometimes you see people, you see people in places and you know they're not Muslim, uh, they're not Christians and whether they're Muslims, whether atheists, whatever they are, and then you want to lead them to Christ. An evangelist would want to let them know that, listen, you know, like uh, sometimes you could be on an elevator and you look at somebody and you, God will let you know something about him and start a conversation and let them know whether they're suffering from depression or anxiety or whatever, mm -hmm. and then you lead them to Christ, and that's what the evangelist does. Wow. That's very, very interesting. So there's a lot to unpack there. You mentioned uh, our people don't know about our Chaldean faith. Can you just, can you just give us a, a, a you know, the, the elevator pitch on what we are and what our faith is as Chaldeans? You know, for one thing, I want to tell you, a lot of our people are very superstitious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they had a bad dream. They had this. They had that. <clears throat> Anna. Anna, oh yeah, Anna, and <laughs> yeah. somebody says something is going to happen. And so anyway, and the church, our church, the teaching of the past of our, with all respect to our priests, we didn't teach them enough of the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God working through you. 
So Christians feel kind of weak. But if they really know how powerful they are, mm -hmm. they would overcome every obstacle in their life. And they get used to doing traditional prayers. You know, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Apostle Creed, the Glory Be, and they get stuck on that. Sure. And they don't move to another dimension by reading the Bible, reading the Gospel, read the books of wisdom. You got Psalm, Ecclesiastic, Sirach, Proverbs. All these books are books of wisdom that God initiates wisdom through you in the Word if you let it work through you. So we get stuck on doing traditional things and we become limited because we never expand our horizon. Wow. So... For one thing, we never asked, we never used to ask the Holy Spirit to intervene in our hearts. I never did. Right. I used to go and I used to think it was very bad to ask things for yourself because it's very selfish. Mm -hmm. But in reality, God wants you to ask because you have this relationship with Him because you call Him God, Father, Abba, Abby. You call him, you talk to him, he's there, he's not like some far away, he's here in your heart, and you got that through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, through your baptism when you were a child, and sometimes by surrendering your life to Christ. And God, God, I mean, if your son comes to you and says, Daddy, Daddy, I want ice cream tonight, please, you're going to go get him ice cream. <laughs> you will make sure you get him ice cream no matter what. Wow. Even if he's sick, you're going to go get him ice cream, right? That's an amazing way of looking at this. Right? Because God is, God is the infinite love, and he wants to do the best. And I used to think, I'm going to sit in prison forever. If I ride here, I'm not going to ask God to get me out because it would be selfish. Mm -hmm. Until I had an encounter with Jesus, and I realized that he loves me, and I love him, and he's my father. And when I die, I'm going to be with him throughout all eternity. He's in me now. I am in him. And I'm going to be with him forever. A relationship starts what brought that on? Wow. What that brought that I, on? I, I wanted to touch off his, what he said. Go ahead. I I've been programmed with what he's saying like that. When I get into church, when I take the bread, when I go down, I pray for everybody and everything. Except yourself. Except my, my only thing that I say in the end is, Keep me faithful. But well, you're already faithful. Right. But how about all the other things that God wants to do in your life that you're not asking Him for? And so what happens, He can't give it to you because you don't want Him. Mm. He wants to give Him to you. But you're not you asking. Know, so there's one scripture, Ephesians 3.20. It says, Our God would do, uh, would do beyond your imagine, Beyond your imagination. Sure. So what is your imagination God is willing to do beyond that? Mm. You know, our imagination as a human beings will never, that we're going to be saved by the cross. Right. Our imagination would have been to roam the earth, live, multiply, be happy, and die, right? Yeah. But God has a bigger plan that he came and incarnated Jesus that would die on the cross to give us eternal life for the Ephesians 1.7, by the blood of Jesus you have been saved by the power of the cross. There's all kinds of scriptures, Galatians, Galatians 5. All of them had been talks about the cross. So God has a plan for you and me and all of us to be one united family together in heaven. Sure. And you know the scripture says that they will be my children. They shall be like God in the book of Psalms. We're going to be like God because when he pours out this deep 
anointing upon us of the Holy Spirit. We share into his glory. The beatification vision of God will reveal to us everything that almost God knows. We mm -hmm. become like God. We are like God now on earth in the flesh. But we don't surrender to totally to the spirit because the desire of the flesh. Understood. And that's that's the that's the thing is like what you're saying is that being programmed to think that one way thought is difficult to break it because your brain is programmed for so long that you know at, at a certain age I'm over forty now to go well wait from first grade to senior year I was going to a Catholic school and we had to take religion classes and we were taught a lot of what you're saying. But then that was the more standard, traditional way of thinking of it all. Exactly. And that's like you said, there's your standard, your Our Father, your Hail Marys, you know what I'm saying? That's and, it. And it was like, uh, it was limited knowledge. And, he, you know, the scripture says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It was limited knowledge. And God, God is revealing to us through the Holy Spirit the in-depth of his heart and the in-depth of his being sure. and in-depth of his love. And he wants to pour it out on us. And I think it's happening. Sure. I see the youth are getting excited. I see people are getting excited about Jesus. I see a relationship. When you were young <coughs> going to school, I bet you never once heard you need a relationship with Christ Jesus. No. And, not, and neither did you. Not that I would need, just that it's there, it's basis, you know, because it's our faith basis. I went to Catholic schools all my life, but to yeah. get it instilled in you like that, it's two different things. You're right. learning the history of the religion, but not how to practice the faith of your religion. And just because the person goes to church doesn't make him a sound believer because he can go to church half empty and still come out of church half empty. Yeah. He's going to church because it's the right thing to do mm -hmm. instead of going to church to receive a miracle with Jesus that day. To have an appointment. I got an appointment with my father and I'm under the king of kings that's waiting for me and I'm going to go see him. I'm going to rejoice in his glory. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to sing to God. I'm going to be excited because something great is going to happen. Yeah. But people go to church just to go to church because sure. it's one of the commandments. Routine. Yeah, routine in their head. Right? So they never have a relationship. I mean, I can take a, a mule and park it in a garage. He's not going to turn it into a car. It's right. always going to be a mule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what happens to people. They get programmed in a certain way. But when I opened up that scripture, when I got enlightened by the Holy Spirit, and I read Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and I knock, and if anyone opens the door to me, I will come in, have supper with him. He'll be in me and I'll be in him. I'm like, wow. This is when you make a commitment one time, in your life, you need to make that commitment that, Lord, come in, open that door, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you this promise that we're going to have this great walk for throughout all eternity, me and you together. Unbelievable. So how, how did you know, how did you know that was your call? How did you know, what, how and when did you know that was your calling? Because, you know... When you're young, like you said, you may not you may not understand and appreciate you know, if the faith. You would have told me over twenty some years ago that one day you'll be preaching evangelism. I would have said you're smoking some bad <laughs> some bad bananas. But let me tell you something. Beside, you know, I was locked up for sixteen years in prison, and and I've had a, a dreams with the Lord, and He told me about somebody who was sick and a family that wanted to get a divorce, and another man who left his wife living with a young girl. I had the vision. I had told me what to tell them. Everything that the Lord told me happened. I preached in ECRC 10 years before we bought it. The, 
the one dream that I dreamed about was I was preaching divine healing at ECRC before we bought it. This is like 99, we bought ECRC around 207. Okay. So I was preaching divine healing and I woke up in the middle of the night screaming and my bunkie Ray, I cried, he was sleeping. And Ray. And I'm screaming, I'm screaming my lung out that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the King of Kings. Jesus will save you. Jesus will give you eternal life. You don't believe power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to die thirsty, hungry, and go to hell because you don't know Jesus. And I woke up screaming. I thought to myself, you know, I've been locked up for too long. <laughs> I've been locked up for 10 years. I ran away for two years from the law. I've lost my marbles. I'm going crazy here. What was Ray's reaction? <laughs> you know, Ray wanted to a deep sleep, but let me tell you. <laughs> so then I started having dreaming. Uh, I have dreams with the Lord. And now I'm dreaming about it. Me telling him what scripture I like. Now, I wasn't a, I didn't know the Bible that well. Right, right. So, so this is even before you got right. into the Bible. Right. So I started, I'm telling him I love to read Psalm 1, Psalm 4, Psalm 8. I love to read Psalm 10. I love to read uh, Proverbs 28. I get up like all the dreams happen between 10, 10 to 4, 10 to 5. I get up in the middle of the night. I open up the Bible. I read. And, then, you know, they cut off the power. They cut off the electricity at night in prison. So there's like very dim light outside. So I go out there and an officer comes by with a light. What are you doing out here? I'm reading the scripture. Why? <laughs> what do you mean outside? Outside where? Well, you Your know, cells some, are open? In, in level two, they got doors and they're like buildings. You, you can go to the bathroom. They're not in this. Level four and five, your, the bathroom is in your cell. You can't get out. They got bars. Right, right. So it's different. Okay. So how do I know? Then yep. after the dreams, I started praying more. I knew something was happening in my life. I knew Jesus was doing something in my life. So they they said, we're going to have Life in the Spirit seminar for seven weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're, they would show us video, and they gave us pamphlets, and we would read one, one page and meditate on that one page every day for seven weeks. Well, after seven weeks were over, they laid hands on us. They laid hands on us. Nothing happened except the left side of my brain went numb and my leg, but I didn't break out on tongues or nothing. Nobody did either, but I figured, well, it's okay. I know Jesus is working through my life. Something's going to happen. All those dreams, everything is happening. It's not for nothing. Well, the next day I woke up. I got, I ate peanut butter and honey for 16 years every morning. I used to wake up early, read the newspaper, Ray's still sleeping. <laughs> I used to get hot water, had instant coffee. I'm slapping my peanut butter honey on. And there's, I got a small 10-inch black and white TV. I got an earbud in my ear. And I heard the TV man, the newsman, said something about God in English. And as soon as he said the word God, the Holy Spirit came in the cell like a windstorm. And when it came in, it was buzzing really loud. And uh, I felt like my body temperature felt about 3,000 degrees. I dropped my peanut butter right away, and I was burning up, and I got up. And when I raised my hand, I could feel the nail marks of Jesus, and I could feel this man inside of me. He would beat up pretty bad, and he would hurt pretty bad, and I could feel his body pain in me, but I was burning up with this joy. And I yelled out. I said, Ray! <laughs> 
Ray Jesus is in the house. I laughed because <laughs> when Ray woke up and the shock came in, Manu Khum, do you want no khale? I was like, here, Ray, like feel that. He was Sorry. like, your hands on fire. So I said, get up, Ray, let me pray for you. So Ray gets up. I start praying for his ankle because it used to hurt. And while I was praying for Ray, four foot away, I got my Bible sitting there. I had bought a new Bible when these dreams started. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, the Bible was calling me, come open the book, come open the book. I never heard the Bible speak before. Right, right. Right? So I went and opened the book, and the book opened up to John chapter 3. And that's when Nicodemus asked Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says to him, you have to be born of water and Holy Spirit. And as soon as I read that verse, it's like scales fell out of my eyes. All those dreams, I knew what they meant. Mm -hmm. God was telling me, be focused on me. I'm going to take you to places. Don't worry about the world. Don't worry about the business world. You seek me, and I shall give you the kingdom that you want. And you still got nine years to go at this at the, point. At this point, it don't matter. No matter. Nothing matters at this point. So you're absorbing all this in, not thinking you're losing your mind or anything. No, no, no. Now I'm, now I'm anointed. Now I started praying for 26, 30 inmates. This one's hernia got healed. This one's ankle got healed. This one's like, even one didn't even believe in Christ. His shoulder got healed instantly. And the Muslim guy gave his life to Jesus. And so you had a Muslim convert to, to yeah, Jesus? Yeah, a Jewish, a four, four, uh, when I was preaching at Pine River, I did that for five years, preaching, evangelizing there. I did communal service every Sunday. We didn't have a priest, so I took it upon myself to start yeah, serving. Why you didn't have a priest? We didn't have a priest at Pine River. Oh, I wow. started it, and when the priest came two and a half years later, he told me, this is your place. I'll be here every three, four months. He said, I've never had 50 men come in into one service. I had wow. 10 or 20. And so when they used to pass the uh, the 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 collection played around with it. He's throwing There's cigarettes no and shit. No collection. <laughs> no collection. No cigarette matches. No nothing. So everybody was like, Tom, you got a great gift. You should start your own church. The, 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 preacher, the preacher was like, um, you should do it. And then uh, I used to have dreams with the Lord all the time. He would tell me what to say, what to do. So I would sleep with a pen and paper next to my, my uh, bunk. And uh, I was contemplating going to Protestant. And that night, not that night, the night after, I had a dream with Jesus. And all the men were sitting in a gym in a triangle shape. I remember Fox was the first one. First row was one and three and five and seven and nine and eleven. They're sitting there. And the Lord said to me, I want you to teach them, Tom. I want you to teach them, Tom. I want you to teach them, Tom. I was like, okay, Lord, I will teach them. So I went out to the yard and the chaplain's clerk, Mark, was, used to jog every morning. And he was like, Tom, today we got so many kites, request letter." All Catholic service, Catholic service, Catholic service. <laughs> he said, that Tom Namie must be really busy evangelizing. <laughs> I said, no, it's not Tom Namie, it's just Jesus, he's doing it. Yeah. I went to, I went to our little <clears throat> room, we had a room about a little bigger than this, and we used to have 50 men come in. Oh. But that day we had 57, and with me was 58. Wow. 
In this room, the size of this room? Yeah. Wow. Well, we were going to do service no matter what. Yeah. And uh, the officer said, you guys all going to go in there and have service? 57, <laughs> 58 of you? I said, yep. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He picked up the phone. He called control center. He was like, hey, there's too many guys here. He said, put them in the gym. Oh, nice. The dream happened from yeah. Tuesday to from Tuesday to Sunday, I saw the vision that God showed me in the gym. It happened. For you, wow. So I never left the church because God wants me here. Yeah. And that's what I did. Good for you. And so your first gift is being a preacher, and then your second gift is healing. Yeah. And and what other gifts do you have? Well, sometimes I get the gift of knowledge and the gift of uh, prophecy. Prophecy, there you go. Yeah, I see it that's like... That's what I was um, looking for. I see it like um, Father Frank was doing service for his uncle. Mm-hmm. And I'm in church watching. This was a uh, it was a service for. Him. This is a prophecy at the time. Yeah, his uncle died. Okay. And he was doing a funeral service. And the next thing I know, he's consecrating bread and wine. I see Bishop Francis. Uh, I mean, Father Frank is wearing the bishop outfit. He's got a a gold cloth like a green uh, string, and he's got a. A, a, a branch of a tree that cut in his hand, and he's wearing bishop clothes. I said, "Oh my God!" I rubbed my eyes. I opened them up. Same vision. I said, "This guy's going to be our next bishop." <laughs> and this was how long before he became the bishop? Almost five years. Five years. Wow. Yes, yeah, so I told him that Sunday. I said, "You're going to be the next bishop." I'm not even forty. <laughs> I said, "I don't care how old you are. I'm just telling you, you're going to be the next bishop." And he, he's got a lot of humor in him, too. He's got yeah. a lot of humor. Good. Yeah. Good well, talk him. about your relationship with uh, Bishop Francis. Bishop Francis is an awesome, awesome bishop. He's a humble man. He's a sweet man. He loves everybody. He wants to do everything for everybody. He's chosen by God. He's an anointed one. Mm-hmm. And he's going to bring a lot of youth. There's going to be a lot of young priests coming because of him. There has been a lot. Yeah, yeah there'll be a lot, lot more mm-hmm. coming. That's great. Because it's, God, it's God's timing for our church, like a wave of the Holy Spirit is going to move it. And I think once the old priest go, I think once the old priest retire, and you're going to have the new priest step out, I think there's going to be even a greater anointing coming to our church. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a power of the Holy Spirit moving the church. Or you're going to have priests doing all kind of healing. You're going to see people speaking in tongues. They don't have to be afraid. You're going to have people prophesy. There's going to be the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You see a lot of a lot of the younger priests bringing uh, the messages to social media and other outlets. Right. They're bringing they're bringing the church to the 20th century, to the 21st century. So I believe that that. The, the more the message gets out and, and, and the, the more it'll be the, the, the bigger it'll become the, and, and and before we spoke you talked about bringing you know your message to social media somehow with a, a morning prayer or morning message or something positive speak a little bit on that I really wanted to get a radio show in the beginning and do like a half hour every day about what the gospel said mm-hmm. like today Nathaniel goes Jesus calls him out, and Philip and uh, Philip and Andrew bring Nathaniel to Jesus, and he says uh, to him, "Oh, here's the true Israelite." I got the scripture all memorized, so I just want you because 
it's a gift from God. Yeah. So, and he, Nathaniel is impressed. How does Jesus know him? And he said, how do you know me, Lord? He said, I saw you under the fig tree. He said, oh, you are tru truly the son of God, the Messiah, the anointed one. And Jesus said, just because I told you that, that, well, that little prophecy, you just wait. You're going to see heaven open up and the angel descend and ascend upon the Son of Man going up and down upon him, and you're going to see that. So I'd like to put the scripture into our daily life. Nice. And what is holding us back from committing our life to Jesus, like Nathaniel, like Matthew, the tax collector, and others. And um, I wanted to do something with it everybody would have an in-depth of the scripture. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, I still want to do it. I just got too busy doing too many things, running right. the hospital, evangelizing, men's Bible study, other Bible study. I do other churches. A lot of work. A lot of work. Lot and of I work. try to take everybody's phone call because I don't want to forget nobody. I don't want to get there on the other side. And Jesus said, why did you ignore somebody? Right. <laughs> so I want to take care of everybody. That's fair enough. That's what, fair enough. What's, now, well, let me go back one thing. 20th century, the church is adap adapting, is moving into the new 20th century, which you said. But the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we're going back to the first century. Mm -hmm. You know, the church was very powerful in healing and doing the charismatic gift. But what happened, we had some people who were in the church selling holy oil and this and that. And people started believing in... Um, Believing in that stuff, there's a word I wanna I wanna describe. Um, not not false. Uh, yeah, idling false. Idling things instead of really believing in what God's gonna sure. do. So they started selling holy oils, and people started believe that the oil was gonna it's heal more you. More of a more of a snake oil, like it's a fake. It's no, no, no. It was real oil. It was real oil. Yeah, okay, just, okay. But the oil cannot heal you unless right, right. you don't. If you're holding. Animosity, hatred, right, 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 right. you know, you got to let all that go for your inner being to be healed in order to get healed. See, your spiritual realm has to get healed in order your physical realm has to be healed. That's why at every healing service, I ask them, do you forgive your neighbors? Have you forgiven yourself? A lot of people beat up themselves for something that happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago. He messed up his marriage. He went to prison. He got a divorce. Whatever it is. Yeah. And they they had a miscarriage or a, a lady had a, a abortion 40, 50 years ago. She's still crying about it. And the double beats her up every day because yeah. she just doesn't comprehend that she's been forgiven. She's been given absolution, sure. and, and she needs to move on because God didn't create us to be sad human. God created us to be happy. Yeah. Of course he did, and that's where we're supposed to be. What's so, your... Okay. So, so the church in the days yep. prophesied, healed, did all, and at one time the Pope stopped them from giving out holy oil, and they stopped that. And what happened, the church went into like a dark time where... They wouldn't invoke the Holy Spirit by their parishioners, and that's what happened. So, so now we're why, back to the preaching. So the Holy Spirit is part of the thir third, right? I mean, this it's one and the same. The yeah. I mean, you got the Father, the, the Son, Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Right, that's what I'm saying. Each, I mean, Father is the Creator, and the Son is the Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit is the Activator who is infusing this love between God the Father and the Son of Humanity. 
So it's one God, it's the same God, but each one takes his own role. Gotcha. So what did you want to ask? No, that's what I was going to get to. So, oh, I got you. So the separation, that's what I was going to see, what you just said right now. So because you're always, when you're doing this, this, yeah. you have multiple. You're the Father, Son, Holy Yeah, I seal myself yep. in yep. the power of the Holy Trinity, of the tri triune God, which is one and the same. So this is why we do that. And always. then when we do this, this is in our minds and in our mouth and in, in our, our hearts. In our hearts and in our souls. souls. And then I go, I take it one step further. And lead me, Lord, that I can evangelize, preach, and heal to your children, whatever you want. Well, I do that every Sunday. So I Every say, day. I, I understand, you know, God, you, your calling came from the Lord. But you still have to have your, your why. Your why. Why do you get up every day? You can't just say, well, God's got me in this position. You have to have something out of you itself, some determination out of you yourself to have your why to get you to your wants. Like your why you do this to want to help people. Why do you do this to want to f strengthen faith in their community? You know, like what gives you that? Because sometimes as us human beings, we get lost, right? We get lost as whether it be the devil, in, you know, infiltrating our life or whether it be some, you know, some traumatic situation that just hit us and, 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 and changed our, our thought. But why does Tom get up every day and do what he does? First of all, when I was in prison, I watched a lot of young men come and go. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, come and go? You know, the 10 years, 5 years, 20 years. Right, okay. And we, our community, have lost a lot of young men. Yes. To, we don't want to talk about it, you know, we <laughs> shouldn't, but there are drugs out there and they're using drugs and... A lot of youth are dying. Mm -hmm. And when you have Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.14, the great St. Paul says, I'm impelled, I'm compelled, I'm forced, I got this urge in my heart. I'm an ambassador for Jesus. I have to do it. When you feel that great love of God and you know that every soul is important, mm -hmm. you want to save every soul. You don't want to lose one soul. If I had an enemy, I wouldn't want him to go to hell because Jesus died for him, and that soul is important for Jesus. You sure? And if I love you and I love him and I love your kids, I don't know them, and I love his kids and I love his kids also, they're all our kids. In sure. heaven, we're all brothers and sisters. We're not going to be, this is my family, it's your family. We're all one people, Protestants yeah. and Catholics and, and all of them. They're all going to be one under God, in God, through God. And right. every soul is important to God. Sure. That's why God had me in the dream go tell this one man to repent and go back to his wife. And he was fed up with him. And I saw how he lived it. So God is interested in every soul. If I had a million dollars to give you, you would love me as a friend, right? But I don't have a million dollars to give you, but I do have is what God gave me, that love of Jesus that I want to share with you and mm -hmm. you and everyone else that I meet. And it'd be a better, better gift to see them in the kingdom of heaven than giving them a million dollars. Yeah. So I wake up every day with a purpose that I one right. day when my time comes and they nail that coffin shut, hmm. maybe I made I made a little difference. I put a nick. All the... All this evil out there and all these people killing each other and all these weapons and all these wars and all these diseases. 
when they put that nail, maybe I made one little difference in somebody's life. I changed one kid or one person. Well, you're having a huge impact, definitely, on the community and on the world and as a whole. So I, when you say a dent, I think you mean a dent in the, in the entire evil in the whole world, right? Not just... Well, let's... You because know, you are doing gr some great work, and you are healing, and you are bringing people from, from the wrong side to the right side. I'm trying, but let me... Glory is God. I remember Bishop Francis used to tell me, Khaled's message, you're going to die if you don't get some sleep. For the first nine years, wow. I went like two hours sleep, 20 minutes sleep, three hours sleep. I got to the point where it's not I, fun. It's not mm -hmm. fun. No. I used to be big and muscular, yeah. and, and <laughs> I got to the point where I'm driving. I just used to collapse, oh, jump boom, on the wheel, and then somehow, I somehow I always made it through. home safe. And <laughs> You're lucky you didn't end up like me. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I don't know how. I must have fell asleep like 300 times. That's, what happened. That's what happened to me. He okay. fell asleep at the wheel. He lost so his arm. God protected me, and God has good plans for you because out of weakness, He brings strength. And sure. He will bring the, the better in you, not the bitter, the better no, he has. in you. And He will through that ordeal. God knows what He turns all evil into goodness against the enemy. He knows how. So, I, start, I wake up and I'm motivated by this love that I still have, that Jesus Christ is alive. Mm -hmm. And I want to shout it out from the rooftop. I even put a cross on my chimney. The guy was like, you want to put a cross on your chimney? <laughs> I said, yeah, put a cross on my chimney. I want my Jewish brothers and sisters, my neighbors to know that there's a Christian guy here and I love Jesus. Let's put a cross on the chimney. So yeah. I put a cross on the chimney. Not because, not a pride of arrogance or stupidity no, or being no, funny. No, no. This is your faith. Yeah. Because I want to let them know there's something greater within me that lives. So just help us, if you can, understand why there are so many religions if, if, if one is the, the that leads to, to heaven or God. Well, you, you know, you got ideologies. Yeah. You got ideologies, people think in a different perspective. You have earthly perspective and you have heavenly perspective. Okay. And uh, the Buddha is a peaceful religion, but it doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. No religion has a relationship with God except Christianity. Because Christianity... God infuses his spirit in them, so he is in them, and they are in him. The other religions are only uh, aware through their mentality, through the word that has been written, whatever, and is given to them. Yeah. You know, a human being is the highest form of creation on, on earth. Sure. So how are you going to come back as a coward or a beetle or something being on some manure all your life right. be incarnated or into a butterfly please give me a break so you know that's not true and any religion promises that they're going to drink wine and they're going to have women in sacred heaven I have to laugh because it's yeah. ludicrous to me <laughs> they think they're going to have sex in heaven and I ask them a very simple question can you have sex in a mosque oh God forbid Allah. I go if you can't have sex how are you going to have sex when God is visible and is there to everyone? I mean, can you imagine that they, they freak out that, you know, because I mess up a good dream they have for them, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> so, uh, so you have ideology and you have the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm in the Christian, when once it's infused, you see that three people right now in Iran, in Afghanistan, in Somalia, in Iraq, willing to die for their faith. And they smile while they do it. Yeah. They're happy to die for Jesus because they know there's something greater in than this life. And they're willing to do it where the other religious can't understand it. But they but there are some that are willing to die for their faith. Yeah, because <laughs> because of the ideology his promised heaven and seventy two virgins and a lake of wine that never ends, and he's gonna have sex ten thousand times a day. All stupid ideology, of course. And so these people, these men with small mentality, of course they're gonna get. Why do you think they send youth to wars? Yeah, because yeah, they true. they can't think. Yeah. You know, when a guy gets older, and he don't want to kill nobody. Right. He don't right. want to hurt nobody. He knows that man has a family just like he does. He can't. But when he's young, he wants to use that AK-47, that M-15. He wants to know what to shoot, or how to kill. He can't yeah. wait. So that's why the young men are driven by that. And especially they give you earthly belonging in heaven. It really sounds good. 72 virgins <laughs> right. and you're going to... Of course it does. It sounds good, it's right? It's a dream. It's, it's a, a dream, dream, right? It's a dream soul. Until you find out. <laughs> you know, the guy asked me a week ago, this Muslim guy, he was kind of broken. I drove him around. I took him, paid his phone bill, this, this and that. Then we got pizza and I bought him the pizza. And he asked me, he said, brother, can I ask you one question? He said, yeah. He said, who will be my soulmate in heaven? I said, in heaven there is no soulmates. Your wife will be like your sister. Your mother will be like your sister. Mother Mary will be your mother. God the Father will be your, your father. Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. He's a brother, you know. When, when Jesus rose, I'll tell you why our religion is different. When Jesus took 12 stupid apostles, they never understood anything he said, even when he died. Why do you why do you call him stupid? Because they never comprehended that. And God uses a stupid like me and others. I all, want you to all, know. All twelve of them did all not comprehend. All twelve of them were worldly. Wow. They were never spiritually. Oh wow! And even when Jesus died, they they went and hid in the upper room, for three days. And in John fifteen sixteen, he takes him from. Uh, and nobody dimension to his disciple, and he lets them know how much he loves them. In John 13, he washes their feet. John 15, he tells them how much. John 14, he tells them about the Holy Spirit will come upon them, this and that, anoint them, give them power, authority on earth. They don't comprehend none of that. John 15, he tells them, listen, I no longer call you servant, but I call you friends. John 20, he dies, resurrect. Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb early, and she... She goes in there, and the big rockets move, and there's no body of Jesus. There's no body of Jesus there, so she, she thinks somebody stole the body. So she runs back. Peter and John, the beloved, they run to the tomb. John runs faster. He's younger. He's probably 16, 17. He runs to the tomb, but he's afraid to go in there, and he waits for Peter. Peter was a bigger, tougher guy, older guy. Peter goes in, he sees the, the linen on the floor, the napkin folded, nobody there. And Mary Magdalene comes and she's crying. She sees a guy in a 
she sees a guy there between the trees in the garden. She thinks it's a, she thinks it's a gardener. She said, mister, if you know where you put him, please tell me, I'll take him, I'll put him. They don't understand, he resurrected. He get told them again and again and again and again. They still didn't come What was up. going to happen? Right, they still didn't get it. And even, even Peter told him, God forbid, Lord, that you should be crucified. He told, they should not, he told him, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, you're thinking like man, not God. Jesus is saying to him, I was born to die. I met for the, I came for this purpose. Mm -hmm. This has to happen to be. And even when he got betrayed with Judah, are you going to betray this? Jesus had a plan. God had a plan. He was going to let evil bury him one way or the other, put him on the cross to die for the sin of humanity. Right. That's why they say in the third day he rose again in fulfillment of the scripture. Scripture. So now he resurrected on the third day and Mary says to him, Rabboni, my Lord. He goes, oh, wait, teacher, master. Wait, wait, Mary, don't hold on to me. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to my father and your father. To go tell my brothers. Now look how humanity got elevated after resurrection. You went from friends mm -hmm. to my brothers, yeah. to my God and yeah. your God, because the power of the cross has been done. Jesus died, paid the sin death of all. He was in the abode of death for three days. He preached to the dead. Now he's going back to his father to give us what? 40 days later, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit comes. Right. Wow. So talk a little bit about the healing. Like like anyone out there that, that is suffering something, well, he did mention dealing with something, something. That I like. He touched on our youth getting involved into the drugs and drug addiction and all yeah. that. I mean... Are you dealing with any of that? Do you do you Sometimes, see some, do you see some of our youth coming to you, or if not, how do they get to you if they're getting troubled? It doesn't have to be youth. There's some people my age or a little younger than my age. You know what I'm saying? All just, kind of ages, but yes. mostly now with the with the new vape and all that. The youth are a, a lot of the community are into popping these pills. Right, but so so on top of that, like how do we help them? They gotta want help. They gotta want help. It mostly is the family that want help, and they don't want to surrender because people don't like to surrender to Christ because they like the state the state of norm. Right. Because it's normal to them. They like where they're at. They don't want to change. Say sometimes the Whoppers and the Big Macs tasted better than the Dolman that is a Maraca, but it me, was bad because yeah. they made it look good. Right. So even just. Same thing with Even people who are like uh, with a lot of knowledge, they think they're too wise now to comprehend what the Bible says. So you can't you can't comprehend the Bible with knowledge. You can comprehend the Bible through faith and the Spirit. And they want to understand it like reading a book, and they're going to comprehend it. But that's not what happened. It's by surrender, prayer, and sure. Spirit is where you comprehend the Scripture. Right. So. You have a lot of wise people, they don't want to surrender, and a lot of wealthy people are, the, are very hard when it comes to God and accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior because they don't want to change. Mm -hmm. They love where they're at. But if, but if something's ailing someone and they want help, how do they, how, how do they come to you? Or, or Most of the time it's parents, and sometimes they hear, and uh, I get calls from all over, you know. You know, I've been to Ireland twice. I did healing service there. We had miracles happen there. I went to Medjugorje. That's where it started. 
started in Medjugorje. The Irish followed me to the hotel, and they were like, will you come and do what, it? What happened in Medjugorje? You know what happened? I was in the church, St. James. Mm -hmm. I was in church, St. James. I saw a lady in a wheelchair. She was an English woman. And I said, Lord, this lady has a lot of faith. I looked at her from the other side of the church. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, this woman has a lot of faith. And uh, she needs to be healed. So as soon as, mass, soon as mass was over, you have like 1,400 people come out church, 1,500 ready to come oh, in. Wow. It's like boom, 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 boom all day. They do mass in Arabic and, and, uh, and Lebanese revol and French. Yeah, a religious and, revolving door. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. They all come in. Yeah, no. You got Italians, Polish, this and that. So I'm trying to cross over. And this Hispanic woman and her daughter is walking toward me. And she was like, hey, you, you, you. I turned around. I said, yes, ma'am, can I help you? She said, you are the one. The Lord told me you are going to pray for me today. Hmm. I said, okay, well, come on out. So I went outside. And uh, I told the lady in the wheelchair, I want to see you outside. So I went outside. I want to pray for the lady in the wheelchair, this heavy set woman came up out of nowhere. She was like, no, no, you gotta pray for me first. And I was like, like, what's wrong? She said, I have liver cancer right here and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna die. I was like, no, you're not gonna die. The devil is a liar. Soon as I put my hand on her, I went, in the name of Jesus, this lady hit the floor, boom. And I tried to catch her. I tried to catch her, she's heavyweight and I'm trying to put her down. And then the next thing I know, all these men came up. You can't do that. You can't do that here. Ooh. You can't do I said, what, what happened? Did I break the law of <laughs> physics or something? What happened? Yeah. What, did I commit a grave, a grave sin? They were like, no, only the bishop and priest. I said, well, go get them. Yeah. These people need prayers. Yeah. They were like, why are you? So the lady in the wheelchair told me, she said, don't. What hotel are you staying at? I told her. She followed me there. And the lady... The other Latino-looking woman, she said, I don't want to get you in trouble, get you kicked out of here. I said, come here, girl. She came in. I put my hand on her heart. I said, today, you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Today, you're going to receive Jesus like now. She started what was, her, what was her issue? I didn't know. I didn't have enough time. All these people oh, wow. were all there. So I didn't want to cause a big scene. So she walked away crying. I knew that God was working was through her. Yeah. So the lady in the wheelchair came in. I thought she was crippled, but what happened, she had a sciatic nerve. We prayed a couple of times, and the next thing I know, she got up and she walked on canes. Hmm. I have a video in my, in my other phone. I don't have it on me. So seven, uh, six o'clock, this guy came in, he was like, uh, I'm with the Irish group. Some lady was talking about you and they want you to do, will you come and do a healing service for us at the Tomato Hotel, all the Irish will be there. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. So I, this guy had liver cancer. I told him, I want you to come. I said, you're gonna see the power of the Holy Spirit today. This older man came in and uh, 
he was shaking really bad. He, he had like Parkinson's. Parkinson's yeah. I grabbed his hand. I was like, be gone, Satan. In the name of Jesus, I command healing. And his tremor, his tremor, stopped. And I looked. There was this young man in the corner. I looked, and I knew everything about him instantaneously. I said, you, come in. He came up. I'm like, I know you've been using drugs for a long time. You're trying to hide it from your mother. How dare you, in the name of Jesus, I command healing upon you. Everybody was hitting the floor, one after another. They were all laying out in the spirit. This lady came up. She had a migraine. She always had migraines. I prayed with her. That's me. The next mm -hmm. day, the man with the trimmers walked like three-quarter of a mile by himself without shaking. Wow. So he went and told everybody, and everybody showed up. And the lady's migraines were gone, and one more lady got healed. I can't remember from what. And they told everybody. The next thing I know, they come in. They go, Mr. Nemi, would you like to come to Ireland and do a healing service there? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. Hmm. So I went to Ireland, and I did healing services there. Four nuns came in, which they were skeptical. <laughs> they wanted, like... To see what's going on. And they would come this? in every day, you know. Yeah, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this guy? How does he do it? He's yeah. got some kind of electricity in his pocket, right, some right, kind right. of magnetic field flowing. And uh, so the first day they were like reluctant. Then they came in, they all hit the floor, they were out. They went to the priest, this guy's for real, you gotta come. <laughs> so we had services at these people's home. Mm -hmm. It's like a big farm that they built this place in the back and they they hold like a couple hundred people at a time. And I remember this Muslim guy who came in, he wanted to commit suicide. I prayed with him. I prayed with him and I told him, go outside, pray. He came back second time. I laid hands on him. He hit the spirit. He woke up crying. He was like, I got to get baptized. Now I know the oh. power of the Holy Spirit. Then this lady, this other guy, this lady brought her son. He was 40-some years old, never been to church, an alcoholic. And I prayed with him. And when I prayed, he said to me, I need to go to confession. I haven't been in confession since the first time I received the, my communion. I haven't been to confession. I said, well, Lord, where do I get this guy a priest right now? And as soon as I said, Lord, where did I get this priest? Somebody knocked on the door. That's crazy. An 80-year-old Franciscan priest was there. He was like, Mr. Nemi, I, I'm here if anybody wants to do confession. I said, my friend, this is a divine appointment. This God set it up. I told the guy, here, take him, go. So I started sending people there. And, and uh, they were like, you got to come back. So I went to Belfast, and I went back, and I went, traveled, and... Second time I went, I was really tired. This, uh, the last lady got healed from uh, a disease where they have the shake and they start losing. Uh, Alzheimer's, uh, no, uh, no, Parkinson's. No, something else. Uh, cerebral ACA. palsy. Yeah, cerebral palsy, there you go. And, uh, yep. And there, was a, there, were, there were people speak, talking in the back. And in the healing service, I like people singing and praying. Sure. Because what happens, the spirit intensifies, mm -hmm. and I get like, uh, it's like I go into another zone State, of the spirit. Yeah. 
where like mm -hmm. the spirit takes over my hands get really hot mm -hmm. and as soon as I go Jesus it just collapsed one after another yeah and uh, the lady playing the organ she got tired of these people talking she was like Tom what does the healing I said the praise of the Lord does the healing James 5 13 whoever is in good spirit let praise the Lord she said everybody close your eyes and pray and this lady came in and she was shaking in one one hand really bad and she's walking with a cane you know with a four-legged cane mm -hmm. i looked at her and her eyes i said be gone satan i command you to hell where you belong i said uh, you've been tormenting this lady for too long it's time for you to leave in jesus name i grabbed her wrist and i said i command healing over your body and the next thing i know her tremor stopped I grab her cane. I go, walk in the name of Jesus. And the lady walked. Wow. She started crying. Beautiful. Yeah. So question. Junior has crazy migraines. Yeah, we'll take care of that. Jesus can take care of anything. All right. I hope so. I got a question for you outside of the healing and stuff like that. Um, lately, uh, seems like the Christian faith has been attacked a lot more um, on the media side of it. And, oh, yeah. Um, uh, the, the the shows and stuff like that. We had a big issue that was out there. We were all trying to stop this um, uh, show that was supposed to come, or it did come on, on Netflix. It did come on. Um, seems like all other, seems like the other religions get a break from stuff like that when somebody starts crying out loud, loud enough. Yeah. Us, with all the petitions we have and all the uh, amount of support that we're pushing behind it, it still went through. Seems like we go on deaf ears a lot yeah. um, as as the Christian faith. Well, we're we're known as to be passive because we don't take guns and bombs and go blow up people that uh, talk about our religion like other religions do. You know how they did in uh, was it Holland where they killed that yeah the, the, the reporter was yeah. it, yep, they killed yep. the reporter they killed he, everybody here because, too I think we had um something that was a, there was a we don't do that so we're easy to take. The another thing is we don't boycott enough. We don't stick. That's what I was gonna say too. Do you feel the Pope gives us enough push to to we boycott things? We don't need the Pope. I think we got we got our bishops. I think our bishops should say, hey, boycott this. Remember what happened? Was it Miller or Budweiser? Was it Miller beer when they showed that gay and the guy yep. threw him out the store and it yep, was all our stores that we were not gonna all carry the, them for all the stores boycotted and they were begging us to come back and please and and they were willing to do whatever we want. That's what we need. But you know, you got the secular world and it's been fed by the enemy. And the enemy always works. I mean, Satan is not stupid. He's working by programming people. So what are you gonna use? You got the media, you got Hollywood, you got the news, you got the newspaper. And what sell? Sex and garbage. So and that's how they make their money. They overcome Europe by sex mm -hmm. and garbage and they brought it to America. So if they can, the enemy, what does the enemy want to do? Is break away the church, break away the family, and break away your faith. If sure. he breaks away those three, you got nothing to stand yeah, on. Yeah, no. You you're see a, what I mean? Hollow, hollow being. You become hollow. So where are you going to turn to? You're going to turn, me, 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 I want to be happy, I want alcohol, I want marijuana, yeah. I want uh, drugs, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want to buy everything, I want to go there, then... Life makes no sense because sooner or later you have to die. And when you die, you don't have a purpose. So Hollywood 
in the media, and I think there's a great influence by the Muslim world because they're spending a lot of money in America. They want to program our kids, desensitize our kids to believe what is not normal is normal, what is not right to be true. In Isaiah chapter 5, he talks about it. He said, my people call evil good and good evil. I will judge them by that. Believe me, I believe this with my whole heart. If it wasn't for the prayer of the righteous people, mm -hmm. Donald Trump would have not won the election hmm. and America would have turned into a bigger sewer than it was then because under Clinton's and under Obama, America turned into a sewer, which is basically destruction because they broke away every rule of sanity when it comes to family and marriage and a bond of marriage. I mean, how can two male become, two male or two female become a, a couple married? It's, it's a union between homosexual, homosexual. It's not a marriage. Right. It's, 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 if it was married, they could be, they if, could. If they care and love for each other, God bless them. Let them do their thing. Thank you. God bless but them. But don't shove it down my throat. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Obama I mean, any, anyone's beliefs don't need to be shoved down right. anyone's throats, no matter right? what the belief is. And yep. Obama did. And right, yes, I agree. Obama was forcing the church, was trying to force the church to pay for abortion, pay for the, uh, uh, try to take the rights of the Christians, and he was doing it quietly, secret, secretly. And basically, the Clinton, they didn't worship anything. I think, well, this is my opinion. Sure. They were all about money, money. Oh, and yeah. that's all they that's what, that's what they worshipped. And that's all they're the all wife. about money. And, you know, if you live by those standards, where this, where our country is going, yeah. you take away Jesus from the picture, you got nothing left. Of course. And that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, of course. So it's up to us to bring Jesus back, to know how we're going to vote. Since, listen, regardless how good or bad Trump is, the abortions have won down at least, at least twenty to eighty thousand since the last three years. Imagine, we made an impact. Yeah. And he always, every speech, what does he say? Every life is precious, whether baby, whether elderly. Every time, I we have to vote for the people who are pro-life, and we have to do. We can't go in there claiming we're Christian, but fifty-two percent of Catholic vote. Democratic, which is pro-abortion. Oh, a woman has the right to choose. Yeah, choose life. Nobody's asking her to choose death. Right. Or choose to keep the legs closed. Right, thank you very much. Let's just be real, right? right? It's a choice. Yeah, that's, that's I asked one Chaldean girl. There's the extreme cases where there's sure. the rape or whatever. Yes, I right. said one Chaldean, I, go, I asked her, what happened if you got pregnant? She said, I would have an abortion. I said, you would rather kill life than to be ashamed of people finding out that you had a, a sex, uh, you had a baby out of wedlock. I said, you would rather kill a baby? I said, can you imagine how far we have been programmed? Mm. So now, are you looking at him for time? Um, no, no. I no, I got the time. Yeah, he's so got, no, he's, he's got the time. So we need, we need, to, to educate our people, let them know, yep. and that's how we're going to do it. And that's how we're going to win this battle. And this country is going to become, we're going to, by the grace of God, Donald Trump is going to put yep. some right-wingers in the Ninth Circuit Court, in the Supreme Court, 
and we're going to have laws where people can worship whatever they want, and the Christians cannot. We cannot have somebody suing us, remove the statue of St. Thomas yes. from front of your church, remove the statue of Jesus. The cross offend me. Nobody asked you to come to come to America if the cross offends you. You gotta stay back home, whatever you were. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. am I right or wrong? I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You're right. You're I right. think everybody just needs to stay in their lane. If and you, look, if, if you yeah. get offended, it's it's on you. That's and you know, feeling. there's a war against Christianity. You saw. Absolutely. You <laughs> saw that the CNN how they portrayed those Catholic students in Washington D.C when they were marching for life mm -hmm. with the Indian guy and those those guys yeah, yeah. were from... Uh, the kid. No, the black guys from... Uh, Antifa. Antifa. Huh? No, they were from uh, uh, Jewish something temple. I can't oh, remember. Oh, right, right, right. You yeah, remember I, that? I, I do. They were cursing at the, the Catholic boys. And the Catholic boy basically didn't do nothing, stand there smiling in the face of the Indian guy. Yep. And the Indian guy, you know, he got his 15 seconds of, yeah. of, of fame and yep. he blew it up. And I did this. It was all a lie. He fabricated all that. Right. I remember. And then they didn't. And CNN refused to come back and apologize to them after the pack came out. Well, he sued them recently. He got a nice settlement. They got a nice settlement. The, the they would rather pay money than to come out and Absolutely. admit right. they were wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine. All right. they wanted to do was clear their name. They wouldn't clear their name. Yeah. That tell you how far the secular world is trying to destroy Christianity. Yeah. Now, who do we have on all these shows that we watch every day? The, the View. <laughs> really? The View? These people are going to tell me how to live my life in a moral way? They're yeah. all divorced, half of them are drugs, half of them are prostitutes. These people are going to tell me how to live my life? Yeah, true. So I think we, we, we're going to have to have you on again. Okay. Uh, we're running out of time. But but uh, so what do you want to close out with? Like as far as... Good message. As, Let them give them a... Again, he's a strong message well, first to of all, absolutely. the community. To our youth, to our yeah. elderly, to our... I mean, everybody needs to hear your your your, your message. First of all, I wanted to support ECRC. Yep. We evangelize, we go to prisons, we do all kinds of services, we have retreats. Our community needs to move from the norm into faith. No, no, go to church. You know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of uh, back talk of, of evil. Oh, the priest don't do this, the priest doesn't do that. Mm. You don't need, <laughs> you don't need to be judging the priest or worry about the priest. You do. You do. Yeah. You do. You step yeah. up to the plate and do something. Priests can only do so much for you. Right. Said. I mean, these guys they're baptized. They do confession. They do. Everything. They go God to. Bless them, man. They go to the hospitals. They they pray for people. They give them their last rite, and they prepare people for wedding. And they, I mean, it's endless. Yeah. Uh, you know, some uh, some of them burn and out, they're, and they're giving up so, a lot of the fruits of of, of your blessings. Of, of what of you. Course. Of course. Some of these. Like God bless Father Boji, Father Kishbu, Father Wissam, all these old, elderly priests, elderly priests. I mean, they, they gave up their life. And these young, these young service, kids. What a service they, they, right? they gave yeah. to our community. I mean, Boji, God he's a hard working oh priest. Gosh. God bless him. Yeah. And how about these young priests? They give up their life, their calling, yeah. they give up their degrees. 
They want to share Jesus. They got to love infused in them. They got a fire burning. So let's not talk negative always about. We always. Point this priest or that easily. priest or this Yeah, priest. we talk yeah. about the one thing that's wrong. Yeah. And 999 things that are good in church, we don't talk about. Yeah. And people now all of a sudden have become too wise. They think they don't need the church. I don't need. They got the internet. I got the internet. They can internet. Google. They can Google, Google everything. everything, right? <laughs> they lose and their I don't keys. They Google it. for a prayer. What yeah. do you mean? <laughs> and I'm a good person. I don't bother nobody. I don't need to go to church. I don't need. In reality, that's the biggest lie you can tell yourself. Mm. We all need Jesus. We need Jesus 24/7. We need the Holy Spirit within us 24/7. We need to teach our church and our kids. Uh, strengthen the church where we can, the church can move to preach, evangelize, have schools where we can, look, the Jewish nation maintained by writing books, kept their ethnic tongue, their language, which is almost like ours, mm -hmm. and they maintain their Jewish uh, identity. Mm -hmm. yeah. We need to learn from them. Otherwise, 30, 40 years from now, We'll all be Chaldean Americans forgotten, washed away. Yeah. Our kids won't know what Chaldean Americans are. We're halfway means, there. Right? Yeah, and we're halfway me, there. Let me tell you, I'm proud to be an American. I would die for this country. I am too. Absolutely. But, but you still need your culture behind you. Thank you very much, because if you don't know your past, you won't know your future. That's right. what makes this country so beautiful, exactly. right? The diversity. Exactly. So we need to strengthen our church so our church can do more. Stop with all the gibberish about the priests and about the nuns and about the money and give. Yeah. And God loves a cheerful giver. For, you know, in my, I've always told people, the more you give, the more you're going to get. Yeah. And God doesn't stop his blessing. Sometimes people think that money comes, uh, the blessing only comes in mo uh, monetary. Right. But no, sometimes it comes in hell. Yeah. This guy, I saw this Italian guy at a restaurant. I was having lunch with Jim Manning. And I said, God will bless you, give you abundance. He said, you know, I always gave to the church. And I never, like, I always been wealthy, but I never, like, and then the Lord let me know. I said, yeah, but you've never been sick all your life. Mm -hmm. He smiled just like that. He said, you know, I never thought about it. Yeah. I'm almost 60. I've never been sick. Yeah, I like, said, where do you think that comes that's from? That's me, I swear. Right? I've been Thank you, Jesus. I've had little hiccups, but nothing, nothing ever right? serious. Yeah. So that's what it is. Right. So we need to embrace our church. We need to embrace ECRC. We need to believe. We need to step into faith. A lot of people, you know, I've been, I've been serving this community for 14 years. A lot of people are still skeptical about, you know, do you believe this God? Do you really believe that he can? It's not me who heals. Right. It's Jesus Christ who heals. Yeah. And you know, Jesus can use you and you and you and he's using you now by evangelizing in a different way. Yeah. Because your faith, I see your faith is strong. Sure. You know, you're not on weak faith and you know where you're standing and you know where you're heading. You're going to support the church until the last breath. And that's what we need to do. We can't do it on our own. We need the church. We need to be a one, a, you know, you are one temple, one body of Christ. First Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 19. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the body of the church. Right. And we need to all be uni united so you can uh, magnify the glory of God. People will see the love of Christians, what they do. Yep. You know, the greatest institution, hospitals, colleges, 
everything was brought to the poor by the Catholic Church in America and other countries. The greatest institutions ever that educated blacks and stuff were done by the Catholic Church and uh, these institutions. But the media would let you think, oh, all these people are child molesters and rapists yeah. and this and that. In reality, all other groups have the same problem. It's a human problem, not just, but you know what? They don't want to talk about it. They just sure. want to make the church look bad so they can go after money and right. sue the church. Right. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for enlightening us. Thank you for enlightening our audiences. Awesome story. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I, we really do have to have you on another time. I'll be glad to be here whenever you're ready. I, I think know, we'll do I know a live you one so with you. More. We'll do a live one with him, which would be a good one to follow sure. up to, because then we can have the viewers interact and ask you questions, questions too. Yeah, that'd be beautiful. Be with that, we'll do that. And live. so, so we close out pretty much every show with with a question. What is it like? What What does it mean to you to be Chaldean? You know, uh, to be Chaldean is an honor because. I identify with Chaldean, and I'm proud to be Chaldean, and I try to support everything that the Chaldeans do. But to me, being a Christian mm -hmm. bonds all humanity together into brother, brother and sisterhood, and that even is greater than being Chaldean, oh, because we are all the sons of God, cleansed by the blood, purchased by the blood of Jesus, cleansed by the blood of Jesus, redeemed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is something greater than anything any man can have. God bless. Beautiful. Thank Beautiful. you so much. It was awesome having you. Thank Just to you. let you know, I mean, we, we're pretty confident this will be out before our uh, social mixer that would be um, next uh, January 29th. So we would, we would like to extend the invitation to you to be amongst the, uh, your fellow Chaldean members, brothers and sisters. It's at Zao June. We're doing it at 6 o'clock. This is just so we bring our community together. You know, we'd like to have you on or have you come out there and just that way meet some more of our people. Sure will. Hang out, so, network. Yeah, hang and, out. Just June, uh, January. January 29th. It'll be a Wednesday, the last Wednesday Where? of this month at Zao June. Um, Maple which and is Telegraph. Maple and Telegraph. Okay, it's, that's close enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't Carl, have to travel far. <laughs> it's Carlo Cusa. If you know him, it's their family's restaurant over there. God bless. Um, it's uh, where Andiamos is. It's in that same yeah. parking lot in there. So, uh, so there's like now. I got to put it in the calendar. So yep. Okay. Yep. Text well, have, I'll text I have Anthony send. Yep. Send it yeah. out to you. We like you. So, I want to thank you for being here. Thank yep. you. Yep. Thank and you. we need to, we need to all move our community from, from the norm. Yes. You know, you got. I, I always tell them a story. I said, you know, there's three kind of Christians. We're off, right? Mm -hmm. No, you're still on no, no, right now. Oh. You're still fine. You're yeah, still fine. Yeah, but three kinds of Christians. You got some, they're like the turkeys. The turkeys are always on the ground. They pick the food anywhere. Yeah. They go to church, they come out. They don't receive nothing. They didn't get nothing. They just go in to do the right thing. That's it. They check their watch. How soon I'm going to be home? I got to cook dolma, cook bebu, mm -hmm. this, and my kids are coming. I, they, I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to take the kids to the beach. All this worldly thing that makes no sense. Yeah. Then you got those who are like the sparrows. The sparrows, they build nests really low, not too high. They build them anywhere, in the tree, in the wall, anywhere. They don't want to do a lot of work. They're comfortable. Yeah. They don't fly f very high. They fly very low. They pick the seeds anywhere. They're like those lukewarm Christians. They go to church. 
they know they have to be there. They're happy about being Christian, but they don't know the true purpose of their life. Mm -hmm. Then you got those like eagles. Yeah. When the storm comes, and the over 100 mile an hour storm, when it comes, the turkeys and the sparrow, they all hide. Yeah. But the eagle, he starts flapping his wing. He starts flying in the high wind. And when he flies there, he feels that wind going. And once the eagle spreads out his wind, he has the aerodynamic wing. It carries him off the, carries him on air. Mm -hmm. So he basically, he's just floating through the air. And he loves it. And he feels so powerful, so strong. It renews his, it said the Bible says, Psalm 103. And he renews, renews his youth like an eagle. Mm -hmm. So he feels like an eagle and he's flying and he feels I'm the king of kings. Everything is under my dominion because everything is hiding underneath. Yeah. That's the one who tastes the Holy Spirit. Sure. Who tasted heaven on earth and he wants to share it with everybody. And he had the burning desire. He want to give it to everybody. That everybody don't want it because right. they're comfortable being like a turkey mm -hmm. or like a sparrow. Yeah, or sparrow. Well, thank you. Let's close the show out with that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank, thank you, brother. Thank you very much.